0: Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Praise the Lord. Aren't we thankful for the blood of Jesus? Didn't we enjoy this praise team tonight leading us tonight? Amen, amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's turn to the word of the Lord tonight, to the book of Ecclesiastes. So thankful for what the Lord is doing here. Amen. God is changing lives. When she came up out of the water and God was touching her so mightily, those that were standing near said, oh my, I feel something. I felt something when she came up. I said, that is God descending up on her from the heavens. How many know that? And when Jesus was baptized, that's exactly what happens. We could see in the book of Acts that when they come up out of the water, God would fill them with His Spirit. And you could feel that so powerfully. I'm so thankful that God attends our church. Amen. And comes in here. How many know He is the King of this church? He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Praise God. I would not want to be in a church where God didn't show up. And We're so thankful for Brother Gene, Sister Cami their ministry and what they are doing God is touching people's lives. We're so thankful. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and uh, we're going to read from verse 18. And in the teaching of chapter 5, he talks about people that are storing up wealth, and stored up riches and and how it you no matter how wealthy you are, He says, you're no better off when you die than you were when you were born. Talking about physical value and because you can't take the wealth with you. And uh, he talks about how they would hoard their wealth and store their wealth and some would invest it in stuff that would be vanished and that they wouldn't even have anything to leave to the children. But verse 18, he makes a point. He says, behold that which I have seen It is good and and comely for one to eat and to drink. Well, I can say amen to that. It says, and to what? Enjoy the good of all his labor that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life, which God giveth him, for it is his portion. Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth and hath given him power to eat thereof to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor this is the gift of God for he shall not much remember the days of his life because God answereth him in the joy of his heart the New Living Translation which I read as a secondary not a primary I read the King James Version um, but and study I'll sometimes, what is it saying? I'll I'll lean toward the New Living Translation. And
1: and it says
0: in the New Living Translation, verse 20, it says, God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over the past. That's pretty good. He says that it is the will of God that you take a portion of your life and enjoy what you're working for. And He's going to keep you so busy enjoying life, you don't think about the pains of the past. Boy, that's a pretty good deal living for the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say you need to enjoy what God has given you. Amen. 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 Clap your hands and thank God that there is joy in the Lord. We're so very, very thankful. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. God bless you. May be seated. It was, it was written in Genesis. I've been doing a family series and uh, um, about the family, what's coming out of the family. And I believe God wants to bring fruitfulness. How many believe that? Increase. He wants to bring life, and He wants to bring purpose. Those four rivers that come out of the garden, I believe, represent the first family. And uh, I am glad to tell you that last night, last night, Rain, Grace, Gators was born, Brother Tyler and Sister Hannah. <laughs> or just a few nights ago, not last night, but... Uh, yesterday I got to go see the baby, beautiful, 6 pounds, 13 ounces, 19 inches, and you see the joy of that. As soon as I grabbed her, I started crying, such a beautiful baby, and uh, not only was she beautiful, she had a head full of hair like I haven't seen in a long time, and uh, I'm sure they would covet your prayers. This is a new journey when the first baby comes home, but uh, uh, enjoy. Everybody say enjoy. I think if we're not careful that we can take so much what we have desired and wanted, and that when we get it, it's not what we expected. There is a diagnosis in the counseling world, many years I studied this, and it was called instant rich syndrome. And what that means is somebody that became wealthy overnight, an uh, in inheritance. Um, uh, the, they won the lottery, which I don't recommend. And um, get wealthy overnight. They they can become now. They're saying it's worth a billion, a billion dollars. And uh, but uh, wealth wealth can bring you some some momentary satisfaction, but it's it's not what God intended. Uh, is it wrong to be wealthy? No, but instant rich syndrome was somebody that all their life they said if I just had limitless money or if I had so many million dollars that when I get it everything would be content and satisfied. And then when they get it, they buy everything they think they ever wanted and it doesn't do anything for them. And when they realize they can have everything wanted but it didn't satisfy the way they thought, they get depressed. They do. They become very depressed and because they get the car, they get the vacation home, they get all the all the, the gadgets, everything they've ever won, nicest clothes, nicest whatever. And it doesn't do for them. I will stop here and say only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Amen. Only Jesus can satisfy the soul. How many believe that? The Bible says, he that seeketh to be rich fast is a fool. So scripture says. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't seek to have wealth. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't seek to have nice things. I can say honestly to you that when you get blessed, I get thankful. You have a nice car and you live in a nice home. Nice clothes, plenty of food, and you can buy good food, and how many appreciate good food? I'm thankful for that. But um, I think, though, if, if we seek wealth with the wrong intention, it, it can turn to a road that, 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 uh, a road that we didn't intend on going down. And uh, it should not be the goal is to seek money. Uh, the Bible says the love of it is the root of all what? It's the root of all evil. Bible also says in Proverbs that money answereth all things, and it does. So is money valuable? Is money needed? And uh, if you don't, if you don't think it's needed, just live without it and see what happens. Uh, probably and certainly in a country where there's taxes, you never live for free. How I many know it's true? But it's needed. And a little bread, you you can find that you're going to need food. You're going to need bread. And so uh, the law of scripture and balance in this—you go all the way back to Genesis and the curse that came when Adam and Eve sinned—is that he was going to have to earn food by the sweat of the brow. That if he doesn't work, then he should not what eat. It is it is the 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 fruit of the labor, and with with the job that God gave him, that that if you haven't earned it, you're not going to enjoy it. it really, the principle is if you really haven't earned it. It's not going to be lasting enjoyment. You get something free; it has no value, and we all like free stuff. I'm not saying that, but uh, when you've earned it, there's something in about enjoying it. But you can get to the place to where you are so dove in to earning it, and storing it, and planning for it that that you are putting it all away, and you've got a plan that you never get to. Enjoy the portion of it. He didn't say enjoy all of it. Because I've met people that enjoyed all of it. And they run out of all of it. He said, I have given you in the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes. what did he say? What did he say in the scripture? He said, behold that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and to drink. And to enjoy the good of all of his labor that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life. Which God hath given him, for it is his portion. It says, it says, Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth and hath given him power to eat thereof and to take his, everybody say, portion, and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. God never intended for you to give everything away. God never intended for you to work and have nothing. He never intended for you to give all. He intended for you to take a portion and enjoy every day. That's what It says, to enjoy every single day of his life, and in America we have grown up in a culture that is a culture of credit. It's a culture of going debt. It's a culture of have more than you are able to pay for. Are y'all with me right now? It's a culture of of owing, and and it, it started back in the '60s and has built up to where a lot of things have to be purchased by. By credit and debt and having it before you can actually pay for it. And what I'm teaching you here today is the learning to you start living outside of your means until every day becomes a day of stress. How am I gonna pay the bill? How am I gonna pay it off? How is gonna then then you 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 get mad at God or you blame the devil? And the truth of the matter is it was a lack of wisdom. It was a lack of teaching, it was lack of stewardship. And I believe in prosperity. I do. I was standing right here and God spoke to me during a prayer revival and said, I want you to have the church to pray for prosperity. It rubbed me wrong. I'm just going to tell you right now. But the Bible tells us that, that whatsoever he doeth shall prosper in the book of Psalms. What? Those that do not get counsel from the ungodly nor uh, stand in the way of sinners or sit at them to see the, the scornful but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Whatsoever he do shall what? Prosper. Amen. I believe God wants to prosper every single person, amen, in this room right now. He wants you to be prosperous. I'm telling you, if I'm preaching a word of the Lord and I talk about prosper, you ought to say amen. And you did. But there ought to be a hearty amen when you talk about prosper. God wants to prosper your way. When you begin to study the word blessing, it is like this. He will open the windows of heaven. And pour you a blessing that you're, there's no room to receive it. That means it's more than you need. There is no such thing as the blessing of just enough. It's by definition when you study the blessing of God, it will be more than you need and you will have enough to give to somebody else that can give back to you. God does just bless you this much he opens the windows of heaven and blesses you and others that are around you somebody shout God wants to bless me look at your neighbor and say God wants to prosper your way he doesn't want you to suffer every day drag your way into the house of God miserable never enjoying anything that's not the law of God the law of God is that when he poured the rain out into the field there would be enough of the garden left over, you could leave the corners of the field by law for those that weren't blessed to eat out of your blessing. That's what God wants to do. That the poor can feast off of your blessing. Why? Because you're blessed by God. Number two, you are a steward of your finances. You are a steward of the portion that he gives you. When God blesses your field, you're going to be left with crops that have seed within them. If you eat all of it, you're not going to have anything to sow for the next season. So the, so the concept, and you can see this even from a non-biblical, your farmer could teach these principles, is you can't eat all of the seed. You can't eat all of the corn. You've got to save a portion of the corn to sow for next year. Because if you eat it all now, you're not going to have any increase and you're not going to have any fruitfulness next year. But you take a portion and you set it aside, so you can sow it again. Somebody say, "Sow it again." And if you will have some to sow, He's going to keep open the windows of heaven, and He's going to keep blessing you. Amen. Brother uh, Huckabee made a statement on Sunday. He said Noah offered God an altar when he came out of the storm. Wasn't that a powerful message? Aren't we thankful for the ministry? I'm telling you, the, the anchor. The anchor was so blessed. I told somebody, I said it, it, every, everything from the start, the beginning of Friday, all the way through to Sunday with our marriage weekend, Sunday was just as good as it can be, and we're thankful for that. In his teaching, he said where he made a mistake is that he did not build any other altars except the one when it came out of the storm. Because when God began to make him fruitful and bless him with the fruit, he never made an offer about it again. You know how we make an offering to the Lord, honoring God for our fruitfulness. You know how we do that? I'm gonna tell you how: is we take a portion and we return it to Him. It's called tithing. It's called first fruits. When we get our paycheck and we look out, because I I, I don't think everybody in this room is living off the garden in your backyard. If you're doing that, you're doing it for fun. Am I right or wrong? They call them now. They're not farms. They're called hobby farms. That means you're doing it because you like doing it, but you're not really don't need it. You can get it right down the store about the same price. I just I need to get off this subject right now. <laughs> yeah, you're not saving your seed, but what are you doing in a concept back in the day? You traded, you bartered and traded that what you got from the garden or you grew from the field. If if whether it was cattle, whether it was sheep, whether it was goat, whether it was milk, whether it was cheese, you what you got from the ground seed, tomatoes, crops, whatever it would be, you would take a portion, you would trade it for things that you didn't grow. It was barter and trade. It turned into an economy of, of, of what it was valued. What did that become? It became finances, Become wealth, it became oil, things, whatever you would grab that you could barter and trade, it had a value on it. We come up with currency in America. It's called the American dollar. We understand that today that God blesses us through what? Through work, labor, and return. Whatsoever a man soweth, he's going to what? If you go to work and you work 40 hours and they say, I'm sorry, we're not paying you. You say, I'm going to find another job. Am I right? Because the principle is, if you work, it deserves fruit. You labor, it deserves return. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, you invest your time, you invest your talent, you invest your energy, you invest your strength. You got out of bed, you got ready, you went to work, you do it faithfully. And guess what? That company says your labor is valued value to us, so we are going to pay you for your work. What do you do with that paycheck? I'm going to tell you what you do. you got to store up for winter because there's going to be a day you're too tired to work. Your hands don't lie, your feet, your back, your head, whatever. You can't work like you used to, and the Bible talks about preparing for winter. you got to take a portion of your seed, and so you can have it in the future. Amen. Every farmer understands you got to take a portion, and we call that retirement. Don't fret over Social Security. You're going to reap it one of these days. And enjoy i agree but you know what there's going to be a day that you you can't brother brother brown you're you're retired now you know what you're doing you're enjoying what the fruit of labor fruit of labor and uh i'm going to tell you where people suffer is when they take all their seed and they try to enjoy it all now I remember working for the Department of Highways, and I'm teaching it. I have you know, have you noticed? Um, I worked worked Department of Highways in West Virginia down by the Capitol Building. I worked for what they call a Materials Control Building, uh, in between semesters in engineering school. I have worked there, and uh, uh, I learned uh, I learned that they weren't they weren't trying to make a profit. They were a maintenance, and uh, we had the ability to shut down highways, any anything. The, the cones you see on the highway, we would test those. The rubber in between the bridges or the or the pavement, we would test that. I mean, we had all type of things. The bolts they would use on bridges, we would test that. The the aggregate or the 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 the, the gravel, the stone they would put inside of the asphalt, we would test that, test that. We would mix it with the salt they would use on the road and see if the road would break down, the material would break down and weigh it every week and we'd test that. But I, there was guys in there as soon as they would get they gave you time off by in hours. So if you work this amount of hours, you get this much time off. There was a guy in my office as soon as he got 3 or 4 hours, he would leave work. Stay with me. As he would build up because if you work this many hours, you get this many this much time off percentage. As soon as he'd get 3 or 4 hours, he would he would he would take it off, he would leave. I'm just gonna tell you, our job wasn't hard. But he wanted to enjoy the fruit of his labor right now. So when he got sick, he had to take unpaid time off. But down the hall, there was a man that worked his 40 hours, he came to work when he was supposed to, and he built up time off, and when he had a heart attack, he took off six months paid. Because he learned to balance instead of being dishonest and calling off sick when he wasn't sick. Because sick days are for sick days. And that's honestly, you take a sick day, it should be a sick day. Hey Amen. It's for sick days, it's not for fun days. Oh, my lands, I am preaching right now. And they give those as a benefit, but every time you grab a day, use it for personal use personal benefit, there are going to be a moment in your life you can't enjoy a moment in life you're going to have suffering because you're spending all your seed are y'all hearing pastor and then there's there is days for vacation days that you get and uh, um, but sometimes there's benefits on jobs that if you work your vacation days that you can and there is there's jobs that if you don't use them they don't roll over can I say to you today Take your vacation days and take a vacation and enjoy the fruit of your labor. They're paying you to go on vacation. They're saying you get this many days off and you earn that after 90 days and you, you've got an orientation time and you've, you've got a time that you start getting your days off. Don't take your days. And listen, If, 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 if I, I know some companies, not every company, but some companies, they'll give you triple pay to stay during vacation. Take your vacation days. Everybody needs some time off to spend with family. I've never met a 50-year-old or a 60-year-old that made the statement, I spent too much time with my kids. Spent too much time with my wife. Never. Almost every man, 50-plus, makes the statement, I wish I spent more time with my family. Can I get a witness from some of the elders in the building? And what happens is, when you're young, you want to have everything mom and dad had that took 25 years to accumulate. You get married, you want the house they had, the car they drive, you got all this. Listen, you, you don't do that to yourself. And so you will, you, will, you will create this mountain of responsibility that you have to work every day of overtime. Am I right or wrong, elders? You have to work every day of overtime, every weekend, Every day at church, evenings can't be here, you can't be there. And that was never the will of God. He said, I'm going to bless you in such a way that you're going to have enough seed for next year. You're going to have enough food for every day. Are you with me? And you're going to be able to enjoy every day of your labor. What that means, you're going to be able to come home and enjoy you're gonna get work. You're gonna work hard. You're gonna have calloused hands. You're gonna have a tired mind. You're gonna have a, a, a worn out muscles in your back because there's sweat that goes with labor. Uh, I've learned a long time you can't help a lazy man. You really can't. You can't. You can't. You can't help somebody lazy. They're on their own. But you give me somebody that's willing to work and God, and they're willing to learn, and they're willing to be grow, and they're willing to be blessed, and they're willing to multiply. They want to be the best they can become. You can take somebody like that, and somebody can do something with their life. You can't replace hard work. Can you say amen? But when you take a hardworking person, and you, you apply that with stewardship, because you can be a hard worker, and not think smart, and not do right, not have stewardship. But I'm going to tell you, there's enough wisdom in this book that you can work and enjoy day after day after day after day and know that all good gifts come from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning. (laughs) The psalmist said, I was young, but now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I don't think anybody down at the corner begging for food a man is somebody that's living in the principles of God because if you work hard, you stay in the book, God is going to make a way where there is no way. He's going to give you enough for today. He's going to give you enough tomorrow. He's going to give you enough to hand to your kids in the next generation, and the Bible says even them. How many know God's going to give enough? Would you clap your hands and shout, God is, a, is more than enough. Somebody shout, he's more than enough. And so when you begin to understand that that God gives me a portion for today to enjoy today, He gives me a portion for tomorrow to enjoy tomorrow. And you can work so hard to not enjoy anything. And I will say to you, you have to be careful how you balance your time, your energy, you need to listen to your body. The Bible says to love not sleep, because if you love sleep, you're going to be given to poverty. Don't love sleep. But the Bible tells us that a hardworking man, Will find sleep. How I many know sleep is necessary? Does it bother you? You'll sleep 30 years of your life? Do you hear me? You sleep about 30 years of your life. That's sad. Now we're depressed. Pastor, help us right now. <laughs> you can't work without sleep. You've got to have rest, you've got to have time. Let me put it this way He designed no one to work seven days a week. It's not biblical, it's not your design. If you work seven days a week, your body, your mind, your emotion, your spirit, your relationships will break down. Because God designed you and me to work six days a week. To work beyond that, you're going to have physical things that begin to break, which will attack emotional things and will lead to spiritual things because you're out of balance. In the scripture, one 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 commandment that's not practiced very often is, is the commandment, of the Sabbath day and keep it holy. That day separated from any other day. That means that day is not like every day. In the apostolic church and most of modern day Christianity, we treat that day like Sunday. We call that day, Sabbath which you would probably get Saturday as Sabbath keepers would say, the Jews would say it's Saturday. But in the Christian uh, Protestant movement, they would take Sunday as the Sabbath. I mean, no, my dad wouldn't let me cut grass on Sundays. I wasn't allowed to work on Sundays when I was growing up. Now I realize we're living in a culture where you swing shift and I'm trying to make you feel guilty. But the principle is God didn't make somebody to work seven days a week all the time. I mean, no, it's true. And I do believe if you can, you need to treat Sunday like a day that belongs to him and not you. It's for you, but it belongs to him. He said, he said, you weren't made the Sabbath. He said, you weren't made for the Sabbath. He said, the Sabbath was made for you. Why? It was a day of reset. It was a day that of rest. It was a day that was to be with him. Because from Adam to now, you had to work to eat. If you don't work and you eat, you're going to be depressed. Your emotions will not level. I don't care how much money you have. Just no work, no labor. You are, There's nothing more miserable when a man isn't working, when he loses a job, can't find a job, can't get a job. That is some of the worst state that a man, he's frustrated with himself. It's not that he doesn't want to work. He can be even in between the situation be frustrated because God designed him to be a worker and a provider. Oh, there ought to be an amen with that. He's designed to work. He's designed to provide. When he loses that, he gets off track. God designed that. That's how he was made. God put it in him. From, from six days a week, he can do that and be good. Hey, if you can get it done in five, may the Lord bless you. But there's a day a week that belongs to the Lord. And I think if we're not careful that we would treat Sunday like any other day. And we come in and we sing, instead of song, instead of singing when the saints come marching in, we sing when the saints come dragging in. You get up. It's another day to do. It's another day. Hear me as I preach to you from the from the. I feel like from the heart of His Word. All of a sudden, church becomes about us. Oh, I heard him tell that story last week. I've heard that story before. Huh? They sing that song. That, that's a new song. That's an old. It's not about you when you come here. It's to the Lord, God. I thank you for the six days, for the job you've given me. Come on. I thank you for everything I've done all week. I thank you for the fruit and the paycheck I got on Friday. Lord, I return my tithe to you on Sunday, but I thank you that you've given me a mind to think, eyes to see, ears to hear, a family that love. Oh, is there anybody here thankful? Would you jump to your feet and say, I give honor to God. I give honor to God for his goodness. I thank you for everything. (laughs) Hallelujah, it's my portion. It's my portion. Look at your neighbor and say, he didn't ask you to give all the seed. You got to enjoy some of the seed. Amen. Everybody say enjoy. Enjoy. The happiest day of the week shouldn't be payday. That's the second happiest day of the week. The happiest day of the week ought to be Sunday when you come and say, I know where it came from. You gave me the raise. You gave me the bonus. Come on. You gave me the job. You gave me the favor. You gave me the strength. You gave me the health. Come on. You gave me the goodness. You gave me the will. You gave me the desire. Thank you. You know how you build the altar in the season of your fruitfulness? could be a Sabbath Sunday that you come in. And you say, Lord, I'm here with my family. I didn't say y'all gonna be seated. No, I'm teasing. You. you can be seated, Sister Julie. Amen. You're the only one standing. I did that one time. I was embarrassed. Amen. I'm just teasing you. When you come to church on Sunday, it shouldn't be something else to do. I know where my, I know where my fruitfulness comes from. Amen. You, you come in and you say, Lord, look at look at last week. I didn't work till I dropped. I stopped in the evenings or stopped at certain times. I've done enough. I'm gonna enjoy the evening. I'm gonna get some rest. And uh, if you if you're not careful, you can't enjoy every day because you're never done. Never finished. How many would be honest with me and say it? either now or a season of your life you felt never accomplished. At the end of every day of creation, he stopped. It was undone, not finished. But day two, he started worked and stopped. And you know what he said at the end of every day? Anybody know? Somebody shot him. It was good. You got to be able to stop at the end of whatever your work day is and stop and, and clock out, check out, go home at dinner time, whatever it is, I know swing. We're a swing shift city, so I got to be careful how I talk about this, but whatever your clock out is, you get home and have your lunch before you rest. You stop and you say, it was good. I worked hard today. I worked hard today. And uh, I sowed seed, I worked the field. You might have you might have worked on the line, you might have worked in the office, you might have done paperwork, you might have looked at a screen. Lord, don't let me get carpal tunnel syndrome. Might have been in the coal mines, but when you stopped, it was good. I'm going to tell you where we're fail, is when we say, it's not good enough. And you live in a demeanor of never being good enough. You've got to learn to compliment yourself. Some of you can praise others, but you can't praise yourself. Amen. Somebody shout, I am blessed. And the hand of the Lord is upon my life. I want you to say this. God wants to prosper my way. You cannot enjoy life feeling never fulfilled. And so what am I going to do? How am I going to enjoy this? I can't, I can't eat it all. Can't eat my whole paycheck. I am going to eat a portion of it, though. I got your neighbor and say you got to eat a portion of it. Some of that seed is for today. Hey Amen. That's not much makes me happier than than a good meal. Can I? I used to like food. Now I absolutely love food. <laughs> I'll go over next door, and I, my wife's an amazing cook. My daughters are amazing cooks. My mother-in-law's an amazing cook, and I'll go over there and I'll say, "Hey, woman." <laughs> If you're listening to some podcast or on live, don't judge me. Go back and listen to 10 a.m. sermons I've been preaching. I say, what's for breakfast, what's <laughs> for dinner, don't I? Yeah, she'll tell me I get so happy. I don't know why, but I get so happy. You know what I'm doing? I'm enjoying the fruit of somebody else's labor. Amen. But you got to learn to enjoy instead of eating on the fly, in between. Never a plan, never a dinner time, never a moment. When you sit down at the table and say, God's been good to us. Who's going to say grace tonight? How many's ever done that? Who's going to say grace? And the last one to raise their fingers, the one that has to pray. Well, I know I'm in the right place. I think it'd be awesome that some spirit of thankfulness get in our kids that they want to be the first one to pray. Oh, Dad, let me pray today. I'm the one to thank. Thank you, Lord, that Dad works a good job. Well, wouldn't that be nice to hear? Teach them. And I'm telling you, if that spirit of thanksgiving can get in us, that where we're not always behind, but we are fulfilling a portion, I'm going to give a portion to him, 10% of that gross income, I'm returning to the Lord saying, I know where my fruitfulness came. But I'm not just writing a check, I'm not just automating it online. My fear of of automated giving, I'm for it. But I, my fear is you can do it without thinking about it and come to the house of God and not truly return thanks. Do it out of obligation. Do it because the law says it, because the word says the tithe. No, no, no. I don't want to do it out of obligation. I want to come in the house of God and enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord. Come on. Has the Lord been good to anybody? Would you jump to your feet and clap your hands? And shout, God has been good to me. Amen, amen. You can remain standing. I felt so blessed yesterday, and just such a powerful weekend. And through the last several days, just if you bumped into me, tears would run out my eyes. Just the, just the thankfulness in my heart. And I, I, I really, I really feel feel that. But this verse that I read, you remain standing, I'm closing. It says, even so, I have noticed one thing at least that is good. It is good for people to eat, drink, and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life God has given them and to accept their lot in life. It is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. Somebody say amen. Amen. To enjoy your work and accept your lot in life. This is indeed a gift from God. God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over the past. God wants to bless you with this. Work hard, enjoy the labor. Return your portion to the Lord, take a portion and enjoy it, but make sure you're saving enough seed for retirement. Save enough seed for a bad day because storms come. The corn gets blown over sometimes. that right? Corn gets blown over. Potato bugs every now and then. But I believe God can come and rebuke the devourer. Somebody shout, he can rebuke the devourer. He is going to allow you to have fruitfulness. I'm going to tell you what else he's going to do. Whatever he does in your life, through stewardship, hard work, obeying obeying God, and building an altar in 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 the field of your fruitfulness, he's going to cause multiplication to happen in your children. The children are going to become more blessed than you are. How many believe He can do that and wants to do that? Look at your neighbor and say, God wants to do that. He wants to bless us. He wants to bless our children. And He wants to bless our grandkids. I told somebody today that the Bible says Levi received tithes in the bosom of Abraham. How? Because when Abraham was being faithful, returning thanks, returning his portion, he was impacting generations he would not meet. Because it goes down to the third, even the fourth generation. Do you realize when you come into the house of God, you are not only storing enough seed of blessing in, in giving to Him, you're, I ain't never said what I'm gonna say, not until right now. You think you're returning that tiles of God and He's gonna hand that finances you gave to Him to a generation you hadn't met. What you laid on the altar, Jesus doesn't need your money. But those generations coming down need blessed finances in their life. He's going to hand it to children that you haven't met yet. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where the moth and the thief can't come in and steal. When you are giving to God now, you're laying seed for generations to come. How many believe that? And God has blessed us at the anchor. God has blessed us. How many know in our personal lives? Look at your neighbor and say, God's blessing. Eat some of it now. Go on vacation now. Just don't go, just don't quit your job and go on vacation. Don't take the three hours you earned last week. Yeah. You know what I learned about that guy? He was broke. I felt the Lord this week, this subject came to me. You're gonna share this verse with a few people. But he wants you to enjoy life. Happiest people in town should be the saints of God. Yes. How many believe that? You yes, get your neighbor and say, God, I want you to be happy. Tell them, work hard, enjoy it. With God, Lord, with God, nothing is impossible. You can't do something for God and get zero. You can't labor in prayer and not see the fruit of that prayer. You can't labor in fasting and not see the fruit of that. If you fast and you pray, step back and watch what God's going to do. He's going to bless. How many know God's going to bless your family? God's going to touch your family. God's going to touch your city. I want us to step out of our seat come down to the altar. We're going to praise the body. Enjoy. Somebody shout, enjoy. I think when people retire, it ought to be celebrated. I do. Brother, Sister Tackett, y'all worked hard, and I've seen God bless you. Been able to enjoy that. They didn't. They didn't spend it all when they were young. They saved for a day they wouldn't be able to work like they used to. And I would say to them, enjoy. What do you enjoy? Come on, press a little closer to people coming in behind you. We got people spread out through the building in different classes. So thankful y'all are in here. Don't fret, enjoy. Um, And I would say to all the young adults in here, before you stop at the Convenient Mart, spend all your money on $3.59 juice that you can get six of them for the same price. At Walmart behind the gas station. Remember, you're probably not going to enjoy it later. But you're enjoying it right now. But enjoy the same with a little bit of a little bit of being intentional. A little bit of saving. A little bit of care. A little bit of labor. But I I understand who I pastor. I pastor hard working people. My fear, not fear, but is that you can become so enamored with work that you can create a habit, and a cycle, a cyclical concept of always having to work. It's just not biblical. Six days, yep. Every every hour, no. There could be a time to sit back, kick back, kicking it. There's got to be a time for kicking it. Need you healthy? Need you blessed. And guess what? When you're healthy and blessed, God will let you share what He's given you with others. Time, talent, and treasure. I stood right here and I prophesied years ago because of our giving to missions, because we take a portion, give offerings. How many know it's not all for us? My first 10%, I'm returning to him. It's It's my altar of fruitfulness back he stores it up later somebody say he stores it up later and I take a portion to eat because I'm going to enjoy the day it's alright I'm going to take a portion to share with somebody I can't give it back, a missionary I'm going to give to a need, I'm going to be blessed and I, uh, I, think, I think it's right there's got to be a little bit of time that's okay to rest, I'm preaching to somebody you got to have some time to rest your mind and your spirit. Probably on Sundays that it ought to be to the Lord and you don't talk politics and negative things. When a true Sabbath was taken, Brother Rick, and the Jews, they would hang out and uh, they wouldn't speak of any negative thing, anything, Sister Rhonda, that would bring any negative emotion. From sundown to sunup, it was positive. It was fellowship between family and friends. After the teaching of the word of the Lord, they would go home and fellowship. Look at your neighbor and say, you didn't enjoy fellowship. Brother Jean and Sister Cammie, small group fellowship. You can't be so busy working that you can't get to know anybody. I would say probably one of the greatest values that I have in my life is not just my wife and my children my brother and my, his family my parents but sister sister, just it it's friends and when you have a friend you gotta be intentional about that relationship you gotta take time for it you gotta say no to something so you can say yes to something that matters look at your neighbor and say I gotta watch how I say this but some of your biggest yeses come from the biggest noes. I knew it was going to come out wrong. That I means you got to say no to something so you say yes to something. You have to say no to something now so you can say so, yes to retirement later. You understand? What did he say? He said and, and I think the question of the night, and don't answer it, but Are you enjoying life? Are you? Are you enjoying life? Are you stressed all the time? Are you? That's the question of the night. If you're not, you have to leave here and make changes. I'm going to make some changes. Because God wants me to enjoy life. If you believe that, say amen. He wants you to get something out of every day and we do we do different classes in the church we're teaching on Sunday mornings because I think we can all learn and uh, uh, I'm going to pray for you why don't you lift your hands and say God I, I want to do better I don't want to live under stress I want to deal with emotions that don't belong to me I don't want to get out of balance one way or the other in the name of the Lord Jesus hallelujah thank you Lord God, I pray that you would move upon this amazing body of believers. I have taught for the last 45 minutes about enjoy. You cause us to work hard, but to enjoy the fruit of our labor every day. Lord, on the end of the week, we're going to celebrate. Woo! Hallelujah. We're going to celebrate on Sunday what you've done all week long. you find five, six people, ten people and tell them, say, God wants to bless you and me. Come on, Stephen, go greet somebody before you go. Come on, go tell somebody. He is blessing you.